0: Welcome to the Crystal's Clits and Climate Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Pang, and this is where we explore the intersections of spirituality, sexuality, and sustainability. If you want to come with me, gather around and will see, we'll have fun in mysteries. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Crystals, Clits, and Climate podcast. We just have a short one for you today, and it's just me, Hannah. Hi. And I wanted to share some thoughts that I've been having recently that tie into some of the conversations we've been having over the last couple of months. I wanted to build off of something that Elena Green was saying in our last episode, where she was talking about how You relate your identity to the environment around you and then being really conscious and mindful about how the environment around you impacts your ability to thrive and be well and express yourself and express your identity. For anyone who hasn't had a chance to listen yet, Elena is an intersectional conservationist and she was sharing about her experience entering conservationism as a career, which historically and to the present day is still predominantly a a white-led industry. So she was sharing about her experience as a Black woman starting her career in the industry. So that's kind of the, the prompt that we will be exploring. For me, this kind of relates directly to a lot of what we talk about when it comes to conditioning and the relationship between yourself and the world around you and what we've been led to believe about this. And um, so I actually, I looked up the definition of conditioning because it's a term that we use quite often on the podcast, but I, I don't know if we've kind of broken down what we mean by it. So I guess that's one of the purposes of this episode today. So the definition of conditioning is the process of training or accustoming a person or animal to behave in a certain way or to accept certain circumstances. So applying that to some of our conversations you know, about gender, about race, sexuality, spirituality, religion, it's looking at what is the training that we've received on how we should act or are supposed to be based on these aspects of our identity rather than just being who we are and having the freedom and space and environments that allow for that. It's the conditioning. It's the training of how we how we should be behaving. For me, one of the main ways that we've been talking about conditioning or the ways that I've really been trying to explore it is about the messages and training we receive in Western cultures that create internalized limiting beliefs. So the beliefs that we hold about ourselves and our role in society and kind of those related power dynamics so for example for me i know i have limiting beliefs about you know my ability my value my worth because of my size so i'm quite sure i'm 5'1 and so sometimes that translates to me feeling like you know i don't have much value or my voice shouldn't be heard equally because i am I'm literally just smaller And because I've been able to become aware of how this belief has impacted my actions and behaviors, I can choose to see it differently. But because it was internalized before, I held it as a deep-rooted belief in how I saw myself, how I thought the world saw me. So this is an example that I've just applied to my height, but you can see how this can be applied to gender and race and economic status, ability, etc. So it's when we internalize something, it's not something that we necessarily are conscious of. We just think it's like inherent thing that we have subscribed to. And I read a book recently that has really helped me to understand this and how we can shift our internalized beliefs that just aren't helpful. So again, it's not helping me or helping anyone that I feel like I can't say what needs to be said or contribute in a way because I'm small. And I think the thing is, it's not that someone has explicitly told me this or someone's done something directly to make me feel this. But it's this training over time that we've received that I then take as this belief. The belief It's a belief that I've created. So the book is called The Five Levels of Attachment, Toltec Wisdom for the Modern World. And the author is Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And this author has a series of books. I have a few that are kind of next on my reading list, but he comes from a family of shamans. So you might've heard a book um, by his father actually called The Four Agreements. I know that's a a really well-known one, but this one, The Five Levels of Attachments is one that I would definitely recommend. As it relates to conditioning and what we've been talking about, he uses the term attachments because it's the knowledge that we are all attached to. For me, this relates to the term that we use, which is conditioning. One of the shifts, however, is that conditioning is, it feels passive. So it's training that we've been receiving. And when we shift that to think about it as attachments, we then become an active participant. So it's things that I am attached to. And this gives more of a sense of agency to choose what we want to believe and what we want to attach to. So it's not to say that conditioning and attachments are all bad. You know, we're social beings. We have to kind of know how to operate out in the world and society with one another. So there is kind of a reason for it. We need to know how to how to be with each other. I think it's just about having critical awareness about how much we are subscribing to the conditions or circumstances and in which way are they potentially harmful or potentially helpful. So in this book, There are five levels of attachment. There are levels of how much, at least from how I've digested it, is it's levels of how much we are aware of our conditioning or attachments to beliefs. So I'll quickly walk you through the five levels. So level one is the authentic self. This level is like, hey, I am fully me. I am just present to each moment. And in each moment, I can choose to attach to or not. And it can be completely different in the next moment. So it's just like being fluid to what is right for you in each moment. In each moment, we are saying yes to something because we are aware that we can just choose it, uh, and it's just whatever our authentic self wants in that moment. So an example is like saying, "Hey, I just ate a vegan meal. It was great, and I enjoyed it. But now, you know, I'm going to go on to the next thing that's that's happening. I'm not going to hold on to kind of this dietary." Choice or preference. It's just, you know, I had a vegan meal. It was great. I'm going to bring my attention to the next thing in the next present moment. Level two then is called preference. And this level is about choosing to have a preference. So from our vegan example, it, it would be like, yeah, I think I'll choose to have a vegan meal for lunch. You know, maybe I'll have a non vegan ice cream later, but in this moment, I'm going to choose to eat a vegan meal right now because that is what I prefer. That is my preference in this moment. So, you know, no hard feelings about wanting to have ice cream later. I'm still just me. I'm making choices in each moment, but I prefer to have this right now. So, another way of describing this that they use in the book is say, you know, you're walking down the street, you see a soccer or football game going on, and level 1 you just kind of walk by, see the game's happening, see the excitement happening. Both teams are doing really well, and then you're like, "Okay, cool. Like that was an enjoyable Thing to be watching this soccer game. And then you just kind of go on to lunch to get your vegan meal. Level two would be you go walking down the street, you see this game and you choose to cheer for one of the teams. But then right afterwards, you just kind of go on to the next thing. And again, you go eat your, your vegan lunch. So it's in each moment choosing to have a preference rather than having what's given to you be like, yeah, I want it in this moment or not. I'm still my authentic self. Level 2 is having having a more specific preference. And then level 3 is called identity. So this in our vegan example again would be like, hey, I'm vegan. I identify with the choices that I make. However, I still know that there's no like vegan police. So if I have an ice cream one day, it's fine. I can go back to being vegan right afterwards. You don't have to think you're a bad person if you have a piece of cheese, you just move on. In the sport example, it would be like, hey, I'm I'm a fan of X sport team. So you identify with, with that choice, with that preference. It's something that you're choosing to adopt and how be um, how you identify. Level four is internalization. So with internalization, this is where you would be like, I'm vegan, and my self worth and acceptance is based on this. I've not only kind of adopted this as part of my identity, but it's how I see and value myself. And for me, I think this exploring the difference between level three and level four is really what I have been spending more of my my time doing is, is seeing what are the parts of my identity or the choices in the world that even aren't about me. How have I then attached value to them or like worthiness of acceptance to them? Again, with level four, you probably still have friends who aren't vegan, but you would probably feel disappointed in yourself if you ate some cheese. And with the sports example, so if you you have your favorite sports team and them winning or losing affects your sense of self-worth. So if they lose, you feel really bad about yourself because it's a choice, a preference, a belief that you've internalized and have as a condition of your, your worthiness or, or value. So whether it's something in your control or not, like being vegan or having your favorite sports team, you have attached to this thing and you've internalized it. So it's how you understand your worth or value or your, your acceptance. And then we get to level five, which is called fanaticism. And so this one would be like, I'm vegan and I think everyone should be vegan. I am, I feel bad about myself if I eat ice cream. And I also think like people who aren't vegan should be vegan. So I prefer to hang out with other people who also identify in this way, who also consider themselves to be vegan. You're committed all day, every day, and you really think everyone else should be as well. So it's a choice or a belief that you've internalized about yourself, but it's also how you understand the value and worthiness of others and and the people around you. You can see from level one to level five, it encompasses a, a lot in, in five levels, and it's not to say that, again, one level is good or one level is bad. I think it, for me, at least, it's just been a really helpful framework to be able to consider and explore and look at when I have a belief about myself or about others or about the world, in what ways have I attached uh, conditions to that belief that mean it's a condition of, of worthiness or value or love and acceptance. So, uh, you know, one that I know that we've talked about before on the podcast is like, okay, um, when it comes to bodies, the idea could be like, if I, when I lose five pounds, I will be like worthy of acceptance. So I'm going to lose five pounds and then that's when I'll be able to love myself. So it's a condition I must meet in order to be acceptable. Or another example might be that's like higher up in the levels is like, I don't use plastic bags. I don't think anyone should use plastic bags. And it's a condition of acceptance for me for the people in my life. So I won't have anyone in my life who uses plastic bags. We set the conditions for ourselves and for others to be able to achieve acceptance and love. I think what this has helped show me when it comes to the idea of conditioning is that the goal really is like unconditional love and acceptance. For me, when I think about conditioning and and the conditions that we have set upon ourselves and others, as well as the collective conditions within the the society in which we exist, for me, that relates to a quite unsustainable world because we're creating conditions in which people must have to achieve certain external things in order to be loved and accepted. And, you know, I want to be able to love and accept myself regardless of what I look like or what I do for work, etc. And I want to be able to love and accept others and not to not have to meet a set of conditions that I think makes them worthy of love and acceptance. And I think overall, for me, when we talk about conditioning, it, it is about the things we believe about ourselves and others that makes us worthy of love and acceptance. And we are all inherently worthy, full stop, all inherently worthy. And so these ideas the about conditioning, about attachment, it's all a journey to become aware of our conditioning, of our attachments, of our beliefs, and how strong our attachment to them is. And if our attachment to them is helpful or harmful. So again, not to say that conditioning or attachments are inherently bad. It's just a prompt for us to consider in each moment, is this condition that we've set out for ourselves or for someone else, helpful or harmful. Again, for me, shifting with this idea from conditioning to attachments helps me have a bit more of a sense of agency and a responsibility for the beliefs that I hold and that we have about ourselves rather than feeling like a passive pawn in the conditions that other people have given us. Yeah, I think that's one of the goals of what I... Would like to do to drive this conversation forward is because I think I've been not guilty of it, but I have also had conditioning of this is something passive that I, that, you know, these conditions have been set for me. And what I am going to work to do and what I invite you to do as well is to have just like get active in the conversation by considering these things. I hope this episode will serve as a bit of inspiration or a prompt for you to reflect on what all the parts of your identity are, how have you perhaps attached meaning to them, and how have you attached conditions to that aspect of how you identify and what that means for your value and worth. Some things on my list to explore as being a cisgender woman, being heterosexual, being multiracial, being Asian, working in sustainability, having a full-time job and a podcast on the side. Being a daughter, being a sister, being short, (laughs) loads of things. And then as well, exploring my beliefs about others. And, you know, are these beliefs conditions for me to think others are worthy of acceptance? So that is what has been happening in my head recently. (laughs) I hope to hear from you if this resonates, if you have another way of thinking about this that has been useful, if there's other examples that you think might help might be helpful for others as well. Please do get in touch. Let me know what you think. Shoot us an email at hey at crystalsclitzclimate.com. Slide into our DMs at crystals.clitz.climate. We also have some incredible episodes coming up for you as well. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you tune in from. Please rate us, leave us a review. It's super helpful for us and also allows other people to find us who also might find this episode or our podcast helpful. And thank you for listening and being a part of this community. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Crystals, Clits, and Climate podcast. Find us online at crystalsclitsclimate.com or on Instagram at crystals.clits.climate. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to us on. Music for today's episode was provided by Los Angeles-based artist Lauren Desberg. Thanks for being with us. We can't wait to be back for next episode. See you next Tuesday.